Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Tuttle podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We are so glad you're here. Each week on our podcast, you'll hear messages from our pastor, Brother Marty Williams. If you'd like to join us for worship, we meet every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Central in Tuttle, Oklahoma and online at fbctuttle.net. Now, let's get started. I have a whole bunch of notes here. We'll see how close I stick with them as we take off and go through this. And I want to clarify something just a little bit earlier. Uh, I made a comment I had preached a few years ago on a Sunday night. I'm not a preacher. This is the very first Sunday morning I have ever preached in my life. Uh, And you'll probably figure that out as we dive into this. But I have a goal this morning. How many of y'all came expecting to meet with God this morning? Amen. Amen. I have to thank Thank you all. I figured a half of you would probably leave whenever you found out I was speaking this morning. But anyway, thank you. But I do have a goal this morning. And my goal is that you would see God. You would see him in a little bit deeper manner, in a little bit, maybe a little bit different way than maybe you've seen him before. So that our faith will not faint. So that our faith, so that we won't quit. I mean, our Sunday school lesson this morning, I don't know how many of y'all was in Jeremiah this morning. Israel quit on God. And God even asked him the question, why? What did I do? What happened to my ancestors? Why did you quit on me? Am I? Okay, thanks, guys. I want to do something slightly different this morning, if you will. I want to stand and read about three, three scriptures this morning, if you all that, that can, that want to. Uh, you don't have to. But I'm going to read in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to read three verses. And I'm going to bounce back and forth between Hebrews 12 and Hebrews 11, back and forth a few times. But if you'll stand with me, let's read. I get it. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradictions of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your mind. I have a couple questions. Y'all can sit down if you would like. I have a couple questions this morning for you. We talked earlier in James, or we read earlier in James. Now we just looked here at at Jesus making a a comment here that says, Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. How would you define faith? How would you define faith? We've gone through years of, I mean, even back 30 plus years ago of a, a... Faith, and in some ways it's a health and wealth type mentality. And, and, but how, would, how do you define faith? How would you, if you had to write it down, how would you define faith? I have a couple questions. What is faith and is it really important? And how do we live by faith? There's only two points to my message this morning. But you won't get out early. It's okay. <laughs> Just kidding. The reason I'm asking that question 
is a number of years ago, matter of fact, it'll be 26 years ago in October that I was in a ICU, I was in an ICU waiting room. My wife is laying in a hospital bed in ICU. I'm in a little bitty waiting room, not 8, 10, 12 foot long, and there was a window at the end of it on the third floor where you could look out Beautiful, beautiful skies. That I remember standing looking out that sky, or looking out that window. And a gentleman came in, well-meaning gentleman. I was 33 years old at the time. Well-meaning gentleman from Faith Tabernacle. And he came in, and the gist of, the, gist of his visit, he said he came to pray for my wife, but the gist of the visit was, he for the most part told me that I didn't have enough faith or I would go in and I would command my wife to get up and get out of the bed. Now, she had a car accident. Basically, the, the, she hit a tree. The, the limb came down on top of the car here, crushed the car in, hit here. And if you, you notice, I don't want to embarrass her, but there's a, a number of scars she still has left on the front. But the brain impact was on the back of her head, the right side, which creates paralysis on your left side. But I remember turning around looking at, out that window, and there was another gal in there, and she pretty much had a discussion with this gentleman, and I don't know what happened. I was, this is about seven or eight days that I hadn't slept. I'm still, but I remember looking out that window, asking these quest, that question, God, do I not have enough faith? Have you asked yourself that question? Have you thought, what is faith? I want to propose something this morning. Faith is not quite what we think it is at times. And I want you to see that this morning. And we're going to look in chapter 11 here of the hall of faith of people that that, that made a, a, their names, and many of their names didn't make it, but it's in a chapter in the Bible that God has dedicated just for faith. And let's take a look at some of those people. Let's take a look at what faith really is. And we, we've seen in James, in chapter 2 that we read, that he starts off and says that you believe in one God, you do well. But even the demons believe and tremble. But we realize that, that faith is believing in God. That's part of it. Faith is believing in God. And we also look, and if you read, if you, I, I kept it really short in there, but if you look in James, there is that whole section in there, I think three or four different times, uh, the, James makes the, or Jesus, or God rather, makes the statement that faith without works is dead. If you don't put action to the belief that there's a God, it, it means nothing. It means nothing. Let's jump over, and I want to I just pick up a couple and take off in Hebrews chapter 11. And I want us to look at just a few of these verses and try to, try to see if we can tie some stuff together here, what faith really is. It says, now faith, and just so you know, this will not be an exhaustive 
understanding of faith. I'm going to just give you some points through faith to try to take us over into chapter 12 right quick. But it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The faith is the substance, the confidence or the assurance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of things not seen. Now let me simplify this if I can. How many of y'all believe there's a heaven? How many of y'all believe if you died, you go to heaven? How many of y'all have seen heaven? See, that's what he's saying. You have a conviction that there's a heaven. You have a conviction not because of anything, but because of what you've read in the Bible. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. Yeah. That's a conviction that we have based off of who God is. Nobody's seen heaven. Nobody's been to heaven. Not, not in this room anyway, right? Yeah. So we see here, that's, that's, that's a very simple explanation of actually the first verse there. We go on to the second verse. Uh, Hebrews, it's on, on the board, okay. Y'all have to, I've not ever taught with this, and I'm trying to keep the guys up there in, in, in sync with what we're doing here. It says, for by it the elders obtained a good report. For by it, for by faith... The elders obtained a good report. What does that mean? The elders obtained a good report. I'm going to use Paul's words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. When we walk through heaven, when we meet Jesus face to face, and Jesus says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's what it means to have a good report. Now, is faith really that big a deal? Jump down to verse 6. I'm going to give them just a second. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. The first phrase of verse 6, but without faith, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Did Jesus have faith? Had Jesus ever been to the cross? Had Jesus ever taken the sins of the world on him? You know why I think Jesus had faith? A couple reasons. One, he, he gave us his, the, the, he was the example for us, right? But number two, when he was baptized, he came up straightway out of the water and a dove came down and landed on his shoulder and a voice from heaven said what? Well done. No, this is my son whom I am well Pleased, It is impossible without faith to please God. Noah, I want to look at a little bit different aspect of faith here. Just a little bit, okay? Because I, I, I challenge you here, this whole book is, is, in a sense, a whole chapter is dedicated to, to men that display great faith. This chapter is really about a God, a great God, an awesome God, who just used men who did what they said, what God said to do. This chapter is about a great God. But we look, the very next one says, By faith Noah, 
being warned of God, of things not seen yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness is by faith. Noah being warned of things, being warned of God of things not seen. What was that? Noah's being warned of things not seen. God told him to go build an ark because he's fixing to send rain. It's going to flood the earth, right? It's never rained before. Think that, let that soak in. Noah, go build me a boat. I'm going to flood the earth. I'm going to rain. Rain? Never rained before. Not seen, but moved with faith, moved with fear. That was merely obeying God. I want you to see that. All Noah did was obey God. And you say, well, I don't know about that. Really? Because if you're moved with fear to do something, you're going to obey whoever just told you. If I turned rattlesnakes loose in here and told you to get up in the pews, most of you would get up in the pews. A few of you would probably play with them. But moved with fear, you would just obey, right? That's what it's saying here. He obeyed God. He's, well, that may be a little bit of a stretch. Really? Jump down to the next verse then. We are now in verse 8. We're flying right along here. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obey. Obey. That's what it says. By faith, you all see it right up here. By faith, when Abraham was called to go out to a place which he should later receive as an inheritance, obeyed. I don't know if you've ever tried to tie this together or not, but faith and obedience go together. If you don't, we can, we can just continue to move through each one of these, each one of these as we go through them. And I'm trying real hard to stay with my notes because if not, the first time I went through this thing, it took over an hour to get through it. And I don't think most of y'all want to stay here and listen to me for an hour. Uh, but we see chapter 8, I mean verse 8, Abraham obeyed. And we'll see that later as we move through here. Moses, Moses his name is mentioned in here, right? Moses came and he told Pharaoh, let my people go. And there was a bunch of plagues that happened, etc. And all the people were told at the very last plague to take a little bit of blood and put it around his door because the death angel's fixing to come through, right? They just obeyed, right? Then Pharaoh says, get them out of here, leave. After the firstborns all died, they left. They're going out across the desert, right? And all of a sudden, they run into the Red Sea. And they turn around and look, and who's coming behind them? Pharaoh's army. He's Pharaoh's... What did Moses do? There's no place to go here, and there's no place to go there. If, you know, it's amazing... If you go look at Exodus chapters 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, you know what it says? The Lord spoke to Moses. The Lord gave Moses instructions. The Lord spoke to Moses. All Moses did was obey. He raised his arms up, and the water stood up on both sides, and Israel walked across on dry land. 
And then what happened? Here comes Pharaoh. They're going to catch him. And they run out in the middle of the sea. And God's like, nope. And killed them all, right? You know the stories. We know the stories since we were this big. But all Moses did, and you can go through there and look all the way through. Moses just obeyed God. And his name's mentioned here. His name is mentioned here multiple times. How do we, how do we get more faith? You know, anytime a pastor asks you that, it's like Marty asking you, how do you abide in Christ? How do you walk in Christ? How do you kill sin? Oh, was that not a message last week? Wow. How do you, it's the same thing. This is working, right? It's the same thing every single time. Wrong notes. Faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, what did he mean by that? Back then, they didn't have us. They didn't have us. I mean, they didn't have Bibles. Everybody didn't have a Bible laying in their lap. They had to show up at church, like forsake not the assembling of yourselves together type thing. They had to show up at church and somebody took a scroll and they read it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You want to build your faith? Spend some time in the book. Jude tells us, verse 20 in Jude, he tells us, the building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying unto the Holy Spirit or through the Holy Spirit. So we see it's the same thing. If somebody tells you, I'm going to trip and fall. Somebody tells you that how do you do this? How do you do this in God? How do you do this in Jesus Christ? How do you build up your faith? How do you abide in Christ? How do you walk with the Spirit? How do you? It's the same thing. It's the Bible and it's prayer. It's spending time with God. Every time. Every time. That keeps us out of a lot of trouble if we'll spend some time there. Now, question. That's first, that's question one, so we're moving right along, right? Question number two. How do we live our life by faith? We see it's important because without faith, there's no way of pleasing God, right? So we see it's important. Now jump over here to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, where we started out reading at the beginning of this. Oh, we're moving right along and... I can't see that clock, so we're in trouble. But anyway, Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Lay aside... Every weight and sin which does so easily beset us. Lay aside every weight. What does that mean? What does that mean to lay aside? Notice, notice. I, I, I got to put this together so you, so you can kind of get it real quick. Notice that he says, with, let us run with patience the race that is set before us, right? So we're in a race. Other places, Paul uses the analogy of putting on armor, Right? As a soldier. And there's other places that Paul talks about being in a fight. Okay? As a spiritual life. In your spiritual life. Here, the author of Hebrews is telling us 
God, that we're in a race. We're running. Right? And then he says, lay aside every weight. What's a weight? What's a weight? How many 500-pound people have you seen run a marathon? Yeah, it don't work that way. They can't finish. Okay? Now, real quick. Yeah, let me, let me see if I can put it to you this way. A number of years ago, I, had a, uh, I taught a young man by the name of Michael in seventh grade. When he was eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, he was on a swim team in Oklahoma City when they had the old triple C deal. And he was actually very good. He came in like two seconds behind the Olympian when he was like a sophomore or freshman. I mean, he was, he was he, the guy could swim. But we would always know when the Nationals was because his coach and his team would sit all together on a pew, right? The front of the church, kind of off to the one side. Including the coach, they all shaved their head. And I said something to Michael. And he said, we don't just shave our head, Ken. He says, every little hair is a drag. It's a weight when we swim. It drags us. It, it, it slows us down. Held out his arms. Sophomore boy in high school. Clean shaven. Both his arms. Under his arms. His legs. His chest. His, I mean, they shaved. Why? Because it's slowing down. When he's swimming. You see what God's trying to say here? Do you see this? Lay aside every weight. What's a weight? It could be this thing. No, it could be this thing. Am I, am I wrong? It could be the TV. Anything that keeps us from having the faith that God asked us to have. Anything that keeps us from spending time in the Word, anything that keeps us from obeying God is a weight. Right? And he says, lay it aside. And the sin which does so easily beset us. How do we lay aside a sin? Marty did it. Oh, wow, it was incredible last week. Kill sin. How do we lay aside sin? 1 John 1, 9. Confess it. Confess it and then leave it. Don't go back to it. Is this making sense? Are we getting this? Lay aside every sin or every weight and every sin. Why? Because we are in a race. We are, and he says run with patience. If, if, if you're going to do a, 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 a 10K or whatever, I don't, I'm, I'm not a runner. As y'all can tell, I'm not a runner. If I'm going to do a 10K though, Right? And I take off, and I give it everything I got at the very beginning. I mean, I'm, I'm killing it. I'm ahead of everybody. I'm booking it. What's going to happen? About a K later, I'm done. Literally, I'm done. Okay? Do you, this is with patience. This is our life. How many years? Oh, this is so good. How many years did Moses, no, excuse me, Noah. We got to get the right guy here. How many years did Noah spend building the ark? They estimate well over 100, probably closer to 120 years. He spent every day, every day he got up 
and did what God told him to do. He obeyed God. A hundred years. Moses, really good. How many years did they wander around in the desert with people who didn't want to be in the desert? Forty years, didn't he? Yeah, this is not a, this is not a one time we're going to boop ourselves all up and we're going to go do it. This is every day. We're going to get up and we're going to do what God asked us to do. And we're going to walk the walk that God asked us to walk. Guess what? We're going to fail. No, we are. Look at the names in here. Look at the names of these people. You know, outside of Enoch, well, in Abel, Abel got killed too. But anyway, outside of Enoch, he, God, just, God just, oh, by faith, Enoch was, I got to read this. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. But before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. And the very next verse says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. But Enoch, if you look at Enoch's testimony, he only has like five verses. And inside of those five verses over in Genesis, three different times he walked with God. 300, he was 300 and he was 75 years old when he had Methuselah. And when he was 375 years, they couldn't find him. He was gone. God translated in 375 years. No. Are you, are you getting this? Noah, 120 years. Uh, Abraham, I don't know how long, how long it was from the point that Abraham took off and wandered with Lot. I kind of looked it up and I ran out of time trying to find all this, but he walked with Lot to the point that Abraham took Isaac up on a mountain. You remember that? He took Isaac up on a mountain. I, I'm getting ahead of myself. But there was a, quite a bit of a time frame in there. And God told him, just go. Just go. I'll show you where to go. Go. Where am I going? I don't know. Go. And he went. And he got over there. And guess what? God said, go down to Egypt. There's a drought here. He just, he, he just obeyed God. Do you see that? Oh, we got to keep moving. Where am I at here? Run with patience. The race. The little things. We lay aside every weight. Sometimes it's just a little thing. It's called discipline. It's called discipline. We get up in the morning. You say, well, what are you talking about? Really? Every day we get up. And for those that are married, your job is to love your husband, love your wife, and honor your husband, right? It's your job every day. Just obey God. I didn't get many amens there, did I? A whole room full of people here. And I didn't even amen that one. But anyway, do you see? We have things to do every day that we get up, and God just asks us to obey Him. We have a whole world. He tells us, love God. Right? The very, the, 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 uh, we no longer are under the law. He says, your job is, very first thing, more important than anything else, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Right? And the second one is like it, love your neighbor. You know what love really means? John defines it. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. No, and it goes on to verse 20, it was 21, 23, something like that. Keep my words. If you love me, keep my words. If you don't keep my words, you don't love me. You love God? Every day we get up, that's our job. 
Why? Why does he, why does he make this? In a sense, he makes it really simple, but it's not that it's hard. But we see here a whole group of men who failed. They failed. Let me give you a... I don't want to, I don't want to take away from these guys, but did Abraham fail? Abraham slept with his concubine, thinking he was helping God out. And then whenever they were traveling, he lied and told Sarah, don't tell them you're my wife. You're beautiful. They'll kill me. He lied. Uh, Rahab, the harlot, her name is mentioned in this book, right? Yeah. What is she? Every time Rahab's name's mentioned, that's the title given to her throughout Scripture. I don't know if you know that or not. She's never referred to as Rahab. Rahab, the harlot. Um, David, David's name's mentioned in here. Did David sin? Um, oh, I had a whole list of them here. We got to move on. But see, they're not perfect. They failed. These people failed. But that failure didn't, that wasn't what defined them. They moved on. With faith, they obeyed God. By faith, they obeyed God. And I want you to see that. But why? If we jump on down to verse, verse 2, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. If you're running a race, how many times have you seen someone run hurdles and they're looking at the ground? They're going to crash. When you look, when you run, oh, this is so good. And my, my five-year-old sitting in here with me, he was riding the tractor with a pastor, and it was one of these that was a half a mile long field, and they're making the first run down through there. And the pastor's explaining to him, he says, when you make these long runs, you got to keep your eye. He said, pick you out a spot down there, like a tree or something, and you drive straight to it. You keep your eye down there. And he says, it's just like Jesus. So if you keep your eye on Jesus, you keep your eye focused on Jesus as you're, you'll stay on the straight and the narrow. But if you don't keep your eye on Jesus, what happens? Your line isn't straight. You got to keep your eye on That's what he's saying here. Just do what I say you to do and keep your eye on me. That's what he's saying. Just keep your eye on Jesus and do what I ask you to do. We have enough here that it's, it's a challenge to do what God says to do. Right? Right? And then whenever he says, lay aside the little things, lay aside the weights, lay aside, it becomes a challenge. Right? It's, it sounds simple, but it's not easy. He says, keeping your eyes on Jesus, the author, the author, the author, and the finisher of our faith. Right? Uh, is it Ephesians? I have it wrote down somewhere, but I can't find it in my notes, but that's all right. Ephesians tells, no, it's Philippians. Philippians, that's, that's what I wanted. Philippians, I want you to read, uh, let's look at that real quick. Verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Do you see? Keep your eye on Jesus, the author and finisher, and he is going to finish the work he began in you. 
All you have to do is obey God. How do you obey God? You had to read the, the same thing. Anytime anybody asks you a question, it's always the same one. Read the Bible and pray. Read the Bible and pray. Or Jesus, one or the other. It's always the question. I don't think this thing's working. I'm going to have to start all over. Why do we do this? Why? Why does God give us this instructions? Look at verse 3. Consider him that endured such contradictions or hostility from sinners, lest you be weary and faint, unless you quit. Unless you quit. You know what? Faith, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And until you're dead, you can show faith strictly by reading the Bible every day, no matter how old you are, no matter what else is going on, you'll read the Bible and obey what God says. You're showing faith to God, which is pleasing to God, right? That's how we please God, right? But he says that ye faint not. Now, he goes on, though, and I'm going to back up because I've, I've kind of got way ahead of myself on purpose for a reason here. But I want you to see something. Not only has he equipped us, with everything we need, he's equipped us, right? We just have to be willing to obey, right? He gives us some encouragement. He gives us some real encouragement. Look at the very first verse. Go back to verse 1, Matt, if you will. Chapter 11, verse 1. Wherefore, that wherefore has to do with all the people he mentioned in chapter 11, which all ended up, by the way, Oh, this is so good. I'm going, to, I'm going to just hit a few of them. And others had trials and cruels and mockings and scourgings. And this is the end of chapter 11. Sorry. I get ahead of myself. In mockings and scourgings and yea, moreover, in bonds and imprisonments. And they were stoned and they were sawed in sunder and they were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goats, being destitute and affliction and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves on the earth. All of these, all of these from, from the very beginning here when we talked about Abel, all of these in chapters, all of these having obtained a good report through faith. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And then he jumps in and says, wherefore? That's why the wherefore is in there. Seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, I don't believe that all these saints are up there in the heaven and like we're in a stadium and they're cheering us on. I don't believe that. I believe they're doing their thing, right? But it says that they are compassed about as a cloud. Wherefore, seeing they are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. You ever looked out in a nice, beautiful day and you got all these clouds floating by? I want you to think about something. If you look, you'll see Abel, who's still talking to us from the grave, that if you'll just obey God, bring a sacrifice, it's worth it. Even though Cain killed him. Even though Cain, Enoch, you see Enoch, you, you got to use your imagination a little bit here. You see Enoch, 
Enoch is walking with God up. Not a stairwell. Just, they're just walking with God. They're not on the earth. They're walking. Noah. Do you see Noah? There's Noah right there. Noah's got an ark. Some of y'all have actually been to the ark. It's an amazing I have It's one of the things I want to do. But he's there, and it's raining with an ark. And all Noah did for 120 years is what God asked him to do every single day. He's right there. He's a witness to us just to keep going and don't quit. Our, our Sunday school lesson this morning was on Israel and Jeremiah and what happened, what was going on in Israel at that time. The northern kingdom's in, in, in already been captured and the southern kingdom's fixing to. Why? Because they left God. They quit. Do you see that? And God's saying, don't quit. Keep going. And I left you all these witnesses. We could, Oh, Oh, there's Moses. Moses is standing there with his arms stretched out in the Red Sea. Do you, can you not see it? There's, there's Abraham. Oh, this is so good. I want you to think about Abraham for a minute. Abraham wondered. He just went where God told him to go. And then, and then God told him, take this son Isaac, your only son, go offering as a sacrifice. And so they start up the mountain. Okay, they left, the, they left the two servants and the mules. They put the wood on the back of Isaac, and here they go up the top of the mountain, right? What if Abraham would have quit? What if Abraham would have got tired and quit? He's 120 years old. What if he'd have just quit? Just a few, just, just a few hundred yards. Well, I don't know why. Because there's a ram coming up the backside of the mountain that gets caught in the thickets. That's what God wanted for the offering. He just wanted to see if, I, if Abraham was willing. Don't quit, no matter where we're at. Oh, wait, wait, do you not see Sarah? Sarah's mentioned in there. 90 years old, standing in the front of a tent. Nine months pregnant, 90 years old. Don't quit. Just do what God asks you to do every day. It's not easy, folks. We know it's not easy. But if we'll spend time right here, spend time right here, there's a whole cloud. You can look anywhere you want. And you can see David and Samuel and, and, a, and a bunch of people that didn't make it. But they'll all tell you the same thing. Because by faith, they were counted righteous. By faith, they pleased God. And they'll tell you the same thing. Just do it. Do you see this? I mean, it really is good. I, I'm hoping y'all have as much fun as I'm having this morning, and most of your faces say you're not. But wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, from Moses to Abraham to Egypt, I mean, to uh, uh, Gideon and to Barak and to Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets and then all these other people. And then there's the Red Sea and then there's Jericho. All the people did at Jericho was walk around the city. They just did what God said to do. Do you see this? This is a whole chapter of people just doing what God asked them to do. And they were counted righteous. There's a whole, no matter where you look, they're there. Right? Wayne, if you and the instruments would like to come up here. I'm going to wrap this thing up and close it down.
we're compassed about with all these people who believed in God. They believed in God. They obeyed God. That's all they did was believe in God and obeyed God. And then they acted, they put feet to what God said to do. That's it. That's the gist of the whole thing. Just do what I ask you to do. There's probably people in this auditorium right now who may not know that God that has stepped up and been the the faith that these people needed. You may not know that God. If you don't know that God, I'll invite you. Come down here or grab anybody you want and come down here to this altar. If you come see me, I'll take the Bible. I'll show you the best way I know how how to know for sure you're going to heaven. There may be other people. There may be other people who need to come down here and just take a razor and start shaving off some weight. There may be other people who need to come down here and and confess some sin and lay them at the altar. Let's stand. We're going to sing a verse of invitation. Y'all do. This is your time now. This is your time. This is not my time. This is your time. Y'all do what God says to do. So my sin oppressed, there's mercy. Hey friends, before you go, if you have a prayer request, we invite you to send us an email at prayforyou@att.net. That's P-R-A-Y, the number four, Y-O-U at att.net. Or call the church office at 405-381-2492. If you'd like to learn more about our children's, youth, men's, women's, or senior adult ministries, visit our website at fbctuttle.net. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you and we hope you have a blessed week.